Congress, like no other, throws up some interesting issues. Article by Kieran Murphy. When Tom Ryan succeeded Monaghan's Parik Duffy as the 19th Director General of the GAA in March 2018, he had big shoes to fill. Liam Mulvihill from Longford was the man at the helm from 1979 to 2008. Before that, the iconic Sean O'Sheachan, 1964-1979, held the highest office in the organisation. No doubt all three men had their problems, but outside the war years, it's doubtful whether any Director-General has been faced with the problems Tom Ryan and the GAA has had to deal with over the last year. The COVID pandemic has had a catastrophic effect on the finances of the GAA, with recent figures released revealing a combined €34.1 million deficit for 2020. Then there is the situation in clubs who have had to close their gates to their members. Historically, and leaving out the inter-county season, which should be buzzing now, this is the time of year where club underage and adult training should be up and running. After Congress this weekend, the Director-General was interviewed by Nationalist Sport, where he spoke openly about the problems facing the organisation as they try to live with COVID. He smiled when it was suggested to him that he is the one running the organisation. It's not really like that. One person is not capable of running any organisation, let alone the GAA. You must know of the other people involved. The spread and the breadth of the thing is so big. There is not one single person running the whole thing, he pointed out, but did confirm he has embraced the job and is happy to do so. In terms, isn't it lovely to be working in something which you are interested in and which you like, working with people who share a common goal? There might be a perception out there that in normal times his office looks out on the Croke Park pitch He knocks that one on the head too. Neither on to the pitch or Jones Road. I am behind the goal at the Davin end. The office looks out on the Davin car park and O'Connell schools. You would miss it. I am talking from home here. The Croke Park Stadium, which includes offices, a skywalk tour and a museum, is gripped by the lockdown. The Director General rarely visits now. Going in at the moment, it is completely different. The lads minding the pitch are in there, but other than that, the offices are closed. There is no one there. That is one of the things you miss at the moment, and that is one of the things you pinch yourself about, he says, with a tinge of sadness in his voice. Last year, few if any of the Croke Park staff attended games at the stadium. Tom led by example. I didn't go to any of the matches. We had to send the message. We had to recommend to all the staff not to go unless you have a vital function to fill. I didn't go to any matches at all last year, apart from the two finals. If you are asking people to do something, you have to observe that yourself too, he stated. Congress 2021 by video link presented its challenges at the weekend. But Tom said they learned from it and now he says it was a good decision to go ahead with it. It was hard going. We had to go at it completely differently. At the outset, we thought we might not be able to have much of a Congress at all. A bit like the matches, you have to keep it going, you can't give up. It was important to keep the running of the association as stable as you can. It would be terrible to say we couldn't do one and come back when we can. 
We started out and thought we might get away with a reduced gathering. I was doing, attending Congress, it here in my attic. Larry McCarthy, the newly elected president, was isolating. We had decided to run it remotely, open it up to the general public so they could watch it as well. Overall, there were just under 40 issues up for discussion at the first ever virtual Congress, and all got a decent airing. An hour was spent discussing the issues around the cynical foul in hurling. Now players who commit such fouls inside the 20 metre line or the D area will be sin-binned while the attacking team will be awarded a penalty. Director General Tom Ryan explained the thought process behind the decision. It was great to get all the matches played last year. It is almost churlish to complain. There was only one small little nagging thing that there were things in matches where we felt as an association we were not dealing with them the best way protecting attacking players as well as we could. The thing about looking at it now, it is only a trial. If we didn't bring in something now for the hurling, we wouldn't be in with a chance for about a year. So we said we will introduce it and see what people think. I know there were differing views. What happens is the next time there is a furore about something, there is controversy in a game which you would prefer to avoid, if you have the machinery, the referee has the machinery, and the responsibility to address the thing on the day. Ryan confirmed it is only a trial, and the matter can be revisited again. While he may be out of Carlo for 30 years now, in that time he has been a regular visitor to Netwatch Cullen Park, and knows many of the inter-county players well. I would certainly like to think that if Marty Kavna or James Doyle is bearing down on goal next year, fellas running after them would think twice before pulling them down. Maybe I shouldn't say it, but you can't blame a team for doing that when the rules are there to let that persist, he reasoned. The Director General clearly loves his hurling and football. Initially when he came into office, the then RTE Games analyst and independent sports writer Joe Brawley suggested the appointment of Ryan would be bad for the GAA because of his financial background rather than his games experience. Tom said those comments didn't bother him, but he disagrees with Brawley. The financial argument would be to put the county second this year because that is when you are more likely to have people paying to come in. When things are going well, we very rarely make decisions for reasons of finance. Last year, if we wanted to make more savings financially, we would have played the Sam Maguire, the Liam McCarthy, forgot about the rest of it, and got in our sponsorship money. He says a small number of games generate finances for the GAA, but overall, putting all inter-county games together, there wouldn't be a huge financial profit for the organisation. We generally get 25 to 30 million euros in gates. That sounds brilliant, but when you stop and think, we get most of that out of 10 to 12 matches. There are 300 or 400 matches played every year, and they make nothing. The other ones pay for those. Ryan accepts the GAA is going to take another financial hit this year. You have to look at a long-term approach to things and say we will reverse this. It won't be quick and it won't be easy to do, but it, the GAA, was never characterised by this. A good year is not when you make a load of money. A good year is when the games go well and people enjoy it. It will be the same this year and will be the same next year. If we do our jobs properly, the financial side will rectify itself, Ryan promises. 
The Director General says it is impossible to predict when GAA activity will resume. Last week, Dermot O'Mahony, the Leinster Junior Rugby Administrator, said he regularly sent out emails, but within a short space of time, the information was obsolete. What we decided to at the start of the year, we would do the county. That is gone now. It is really up for deliberation. Four plans drawn up since January and they are gone. It is a question of COVID numbers and what is allowed. You might well see that if we get going soon, we will get the inter-county up and running safely. That could provide impetus for the club scene to get going. That is what we would like to do, purely because there is less risk attached. It is tricky. We are not in control of it. Unfortunately, we don't decide. Last year, we were able to get going at a couple of weeks' notice, and hopefully we will do that again this year. Last year, the GAA was afforded elite status, which meant the top teams of each level could play in their respective competitions. It was hoped the national leagues would be up and running by now, but that hasn't been allowed to happen. The Director-General says the GAA have communicated regularly with the government and the HSE. We spoke to the Minister recently and he explained there were a couple of things different to last year. First, the new variant, and I'm no expert, does change the landscape. Last year, the statistic was that you were nine times less likely to catch it outdoors than you were indoors. I don't know what the corresponding one is now for the new variant, but for outdoors and indoors, it's not as distinct as it was, says Ryan. Then there's the contrasting structure of the league format as opposed to the knockout championships. When we were playing the championships last year, starting out, you had 64 teams and you were getting down to 32 and so on. Week on week, the risk was down. The first few weeks were the tense part, wondering what could go wrong here. It got better as you went along. With the league, every team out every week for seven matches for a protracted period over two and a half months. That was a lot more movement of people. He accepts it is disappointing, but he says that as soon as the way is safe and clear, games will resume. Our time will come. We will get a chance to play. When it will be, I don't know, he admits. Many people in the GAA were of the opinion that games behind closed doors wouldn't work, and Ryan was one of those. At the outset, when people asked would we play behind closed doors, we said no, to be honest with you. We didn't think it would have any real value and that people wouldn't want it. Now the organisation would be happy to get all players back training at least. It won't happen until it is safe to do so. Tom says it is unfair to expect amateur players to go into pods and cells. The people who are playing Gaelic games are people who are going to college, going to jobs. In rugby they can put people into pods. That doesn't work in our case. You wouldn't want to do it. And if there is a risk out there, you wouldn't want to be asking amateur players to put themselves in harm's way like that. He accepts it was disappointing to lose the elite status for GAA games, but he urges people to remain patient. We are making the case if there are things which need to be done, we will do it. It is disappointing not to be allowed to play, but not a point of contention. Maybe if the classroom turns out to be a safe place, there will be an opportunity to go back playing. Not just GAA, but whatever people are interested in. So what does the Director General of the GAA, who lives in Terenure, 
do to relax in his time off. All the lads in my house are playing. You go to their matches and enjoy their matches. At the moment, it is a bit strange that you are stuck in the spare room the whole time, but you go out for a walk, go ride my bike, and that is one thing you notice when the club thing is off. Most of your friends and the people you are in contact with are involved in GAA clubs. By definition, that is how you meet people. That is kind of gone now. I look forward to the day when the lads are back training. Linda Kenny receives Gradham Award. Article by Kieran Murphy. Carlo Camogie chairperson Linda Kenny has been included in a list of 11 recipients for Gradham Uchtera in 2021. These prestigious annual awards, organised with the support of AIB and broadcast by TG Carr, affords Uchtera and CLG John Horan the opportunity to acknowledge outstanding commitment and long service across the club and county network. It was one of Horan's last jobs to carry out before he stepped down as president of the GAA at Congress over the weekend. These awards give us an opportunity to single out a group who are not motivated by recognition, but who have made an invaluable contribution to our association and are worthy of this acknowledgement and are great ambassadors for the tens of thousands like them all across the GAA, he said. In 2009, Linda became Fixtures Secretary of Carlo Camogie, and since then has been fundamental to the rebuilding of Carlo Camogie. Linda has served as Secretary for five years and is the current Chairperson. In 2017, Linda was appointed by the Leinster GAA as Camogie Representative to the Fela Organising Committee and served as PRO. Throughout 2017, Linda and the organising committee worked tirelessly to ensure what was one of the most successful Fáilin Gaels on record, with the largest number of hurling and camogie teams participating ever. At the recent Leinster AGM, Linda was elected as Uchtaran Tofa and will take up post in April 2021. The Burren Rangers club member was told she had been selected for the award last January, but was sworn to secrecy at the time. Usually there would be an official gathering to honour the recipients, but the Covid epidemic meant Linda received her award, an All-Ireland medal, in the post recently. The recent letter she received from John Horan means a lot to her, while Linda says she was amazed to be selected and is deeply honoured to be chosen. I was lucky enough to be in a position to help bring forward Carlo Camogie, but I know a lot of the work is done by players, teams, managers and volunteers in the clubs. We won under-16 and under-18 All-Irelands, and we won a Junior Premier All-Ireland in Croke Park. To be on the sideline and to see a Carlo team in Croke Park in September, that was definitely a highlight, she confirmed. She had to present a profile of her career to the organisers, which included answering questions about her role in the GAA, how long has she been involved, her greatest achievements, and what the GAA means to her, her club and her community. With the passing of her father in December, Linda admitted that there have been days where she found it tough. Saturday just gone was one of those. It has been hard. I found it hard yesterday. I had two uncles, Paddy Doyle and Paddy Regan, who got me involved initially. Then my mother and father, Maureen and Paddy, and another person in Pat O'Brien who persuaded me to become PRO for Cushton and Nogue. I was only seventeen and a half at the time, 
If anyone has been my mentor, Pat has been that person, she said. She issued a lengthy statement to the media, which was also circulated to clubs in the county, as well as friends, players, acquaintances and others who have worked to promote Camogie in Carlow. I wish to sincerely thank the executive members of Carlow Camogie, club representatives, current and former county players and management members, Carlo GAA, the Camogie Association for the many messages of congratulations and best wishes since yesterday. I am very humbled and honoured to have been nominated as the Camogie recipient for the Grathaman Uchtharaan CLG Award 2021, was only part of her message. In a separate interview with The Nationalist, Linda says it is vital players, clubs and counties have robust structures in place which will help develop and improve standards. It, the award, is a very much club thing. It is important to be positive. I always wanted to meet and work with positive people. I feel it is important in women's sport in particular that we have role models who young people can look up to. If we don't have the structures within the county, we don't have role models. I have been overwhelmed by the reaction and support I have received from Carlo GAA, Carlo Camogie Clubs and the congratulations they have extended to me. There's a real feel-good factor from across the county. I am a proud Carlo person. It is a huge honour to be recognised. I want to thank all the people and the clubs who have overwhelmed me with calls and texts. We are a small county, so it is a great honour for Carlow.